such agency Stella with her whispering without any latency There's no such agency Never say anything They move in the shadows and they don't miss anything Stella wins are cruising all throughout the air Cryptologic programs are analyzing everywhere Listening and watching, tracking and zooming Documenting everyone's individual movement Think I'm bluffing? They call me out on Bluffdale It's more than just paper, it's all electronic data trails A synoptic synopsis, open up your optics We are not citizens, we are merely objects To observe and detain The NSA now has us locked in every domain Dare complain And you're gone, baby, gone On the kill list you go, you fulfill the criterion Never say anything, no such agency Kinda like the secrets that are veiled inside of masonry Enslaving through semantics so we're securely in submission It's a volume velocity, speaking with variety Infiltrating all the nooks and crannies of society Silk worth and sire, echelon and vortex Trailblazing thin threads straight into our cortex Ah uh, yes, but it's all for our security Interweaving webs into our personal obscurity Yeah, all inventions are eventually weaponized It's when you feel safe you see the wolf in disguise The surveillance state with us is Barry Eisler and Dennis Yang. Barry, of course, was with us last week as well, talking about self-publishing. Uh, while well-known today as a best-selling author in a previous life, he also worked for the CIA, so he brings a unique perspective to this discussion that we thought was worth sharing. So let's dive in and discuss the nature of the surveillance state. The NSA and the CIA insist that they need all this information to keep us safe. So Barry, tell us, is that true? It certainly doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, it's funny, I was thinking about this just today while I was reading some articles, some uh, articles at The Intercept about uh, Canada's Canada's system of scooping up uh, information about all, um, it's not just Canadian, but international users who are downloading files, and about this um, drug enforcement agency uh, system of license plate readers, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is collecting data on millions of Americans, their movements and their vehicles includes um, cameras that are so sensitive that they can photograph images, not just of license plates, but of uh, and other vehicle information, but also images of drivers and passengers and that sort of thing. And it reminded me of this old 
Bazooka Joe comic that I remember from when I must have been like six years old and there's some guy who dropped something and he's like a pen or something and, some, and he's looking around on the ground and someone says, hey, Joe, wh what are you doing? And he says, oh, I dropped my pen over there gesturing to a place that's 50 feet away. So I'm looking for it. And they said, well, why are you looking for it over here if you dropped it over there? And he says, because the light's better over here. <laughs> right. And that's, that's, what, that's the fundamental psychological dynamic, I think, of this notion uh, articulated by former NSA chief Keith Alexander that we need to, I think it was Alexander, maybe it was Michael Hayden, probably both of them, <laughs> that we can't find the needle if we don't build the haystack. haystack. And it's yeah. sort of interesting to imagine these guys piling hay <laughs> and making this thing bigger and bigger. And they don't know if there's a needle in it. Right. They don't know if they're putting another needle in there. They don't, they're just making the haystack bigger and bigger and bigger. Why would you do that if you want to find a needle? I mean, why not build a metal detector or something like that? <laughs> they're just scooping hay on it. The mentality, the, the analogy is fascinating. And I think it's because the internet lends itself, the modern forms of mod, uh, modern forms of electronic communications just lend themselves to surveillance in ways mm -hmm. that previous forms of surveillance didn't. I mean, for example, before there was even anything, say, like a telephone, um, how could you perform surveillance? You're talking probably about foot and vehicular surveillance. That's labor intensive. Right. You can't blanket an entire society with... Uh, with you know, gumshoes, right. guys in trench coats following all the individual citizens. It just won't work. You have to be choosy about who's worth following and who's not. The internet, by its very nature, allows this kind of mass surveillance. And so that's why they're doing it, because they can. And then with that is just some human nature. I think you've got people who are tasked with finding, with some other aspects of human nature, people who are tasked with finding ways of hacking difficult problems, coming up with elegant solutions to difficult problems. And like, hey, how about if we did this? You know, if we do this thing with a license plate reader, we can also do that. Or if we, if, by the way, if we're, um, if we're looking for, if we're using some sort of X key source score system to find, to look into people's, um, uh, internet search behavior, we can also right. find out more about their email behavior. And it's an elegant solution. Hackers like elegant solutions. And, mm -hmm. and you've got individuals who aren't really looking at the big picture. They're just, they're coming up with cool ways of solving problems. But in the aggregate, what it results in is this massive system of surveillance that's not very well optimized towards stopping the terrorists it's ostensibly aimed, at, uh, aimed against, but that is actually very well designed for suppressing dissent in the, in the domestic population and for chilling free speech once people realize, my God, there's really not a lot I can do online that, isn't, that the government isn't capable of monitoring. Yeah. There is... Um Someone pointed out this out recently. I can't remember exactly where I saw it, but it was this sort of really interesting thought, which was, you know, this idea that, you know, groups like the NSA specifically, right? I mean, historically, they'd always been on focused on sort of, you know, breaking the communication tools that right. the that enemies used, right. right? And they were enigma, these, yeah, right. And so you would have, so yeah, I mean, there's obviously with with the the Alan Turing movie, there's a lot of attention with enigma and that kind of thing, and everyone feels like that that feels good. Right. In some yeah. sense, because you're like, OK, that's the enemy's planning to do something bad. And so you're breaking the right. system that they use. The difference now is that the tool that the enemies use to communicate is also the tool that we all use to communicate. And right. that's the big difference, whereas yeah. it's no longer just breaking the tool that the enemy is that's using right. to plan something. This is the tool that everyone uses to communicate right. every day and all sorts of important and private details yeah. of their lives. 
Yeah. So do they think that we are all the enemy then? Is that what? Well, <laughs> there is an argument. <laughs> that's, that's, that's part of what happens. It's just, right. I think it's the psychology of these things. And it's funny. I can almost imagine some people who don't pay as close attention to these things sort of smiling and thinking, hey, is Barry wearing his tinfoil hat while you guys are doing this podcast? Look, don't take my word for it. Uh, look yeah. at the look at some of the files that Edward Snowden leaked in which it's revealed that um, the GCHQ, uh, Britain's equivalent of uh, the NSA, is classifying investigative journalists mm-hmm. as a comparable threat level to terrorists and right. cyber and cyber hackers. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So again, like, don't take my word for it. I mean, this is them <laughs> describing what they look at as a national security threat. They are looking right. at journalism as a national security threat. Well, it's, and the same thing too, where they, you know, they believe that they, under the terrorist act, they have the right to detain journalists. That's exactly right. They passing made that, through. They right? made that argument explicitly yeah. when they held um, Glenn Greenwald's partner, David Miranda, for the full nine hours they were allowed to. I mean, right. this guy, everybody knows mm-hmm. this guy, even the British government had to acknowledge that, okay, he doesn't have anything to do with terrorism, qua terrorism, but, <laughs> um, but he's carrying some, um, some thumb drive that we think might have. Um, English, British state secrets on it. And that's a form of terrorism, is it? So these things always get broadened out. Um, this is, I'm going on about this, but like, (laughs) there's so much in the news. We we have.
You're listening to Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding. Today is Wednesday, the 8th of March, 2017, and I want to start making this this show a lot more content-rich. That doesn't always mean that there will be a big intro like there was uh, today or last week, but I thought that uh, given the subjects I was discussing, uh, it was appropriate to do both in both ways uh, that I did. So today you heard uh, two songs and a clip. The songs were... No Such Agency by Bill Derberg on SoundCloud. And Alcieda from Nakhum on SoundCloud as well. Also discovered there was the interview clip you heard from Tech Dirt. All tracks released under Creative Commons licenses. And I would advise everyone listen to that Tech Dirt interview. Um... It's fantastic information. It's from two years ago, but it's still totally relevant, and in fact, more relevant because of Year Zero and Vault 7. Uh, these leaks from WikiLeaks are monumental because every conspiracy theorist out there Every tinfoiler in the fucking world who said that all these smart devices were watching us, that technology that touched the internet was already unsafe, that the government was using foreign spying techniques on domestic uh, soil on citizens of this nation. All of those people are vindicated. If you pay attention to the leaks, and you should, whether you decide to download the torrent or not, you'll find the stories that come out about them will say a range of things, either that the leaks are insubstantial evidence of any sort of wrongdoing on the part of the U.S. government, or that they go much further than WikiLeaks uh, originally stated they did. And WikiLeaks did that on purpose. They've said that they've basically only scratched the surface as far as the thorough amount of information uh, leaked in this most recent I called it a treasure trove on Twitter. Because they want journalists that aren't them to go through it, and they don't want to be fame whores. And it all makes sense. You know, also, of course, like, my cynical mind is telling me that they probably didn't want to uh, 
pour through all of the data and that once they found enough to make it significant, um, and once they vetted all the information inside it, writing, writing all of those countless stories, writing basically the book, uh, that this, that these leaks would be able to provide information for would sort of invalidate the purpose of WikiLeaks, which is, you know, the reason they call it WikiLeaks is because it's, it operates on the idea of wikis, which is to empower a decentralized group of people to uh, provide content to the network so that the network can then provide that content to the rest of the world. Uh, somewhat unfiltered, only filtered by the content producers and the vetters of that information at those sites. And WikiLeaks is no different. Uh, people submit leaked information they say how the source is credible and viable. And then WikiLeaks vets their information uh, for any inconsistencies, and they have a great track record on doing that, effectively, and releases the information to the public. Now, what they've been doing more recently in a more specific context is they've been releasing raw data in the form of large leak dumps to the public. Uh, I don't know how long they've been doing this, but it seems like it's only been the past uh, year or so, maybe maybe three on the outside. Uh, I could be wrong. If I am, uh, let me know uh, at my Twitter, Insanity is Free, and uh, I'll correct the record on next week's show. But needless to say, uh, for full journalistic disclosure purposes, uh, I support... WikiLeaks in almost everything they do. Um, I'm biased heavily toward the idea of transparency and against the idea of government opacity. And I support uh, this most recent leak especially because what it shows, uh, to get into the meat of it and to get into the meat of this episode and the reason why uh, the first, well, all the songs in this episode will be um, CIA-themed and why I included that bit of that interview, um, which, by the way, I'll include the link to it. Watch the whole thing. Well, listen to it. You can, I guess, watch the little uh, reader go across the player, but, you know, that's not very interesting. Like, do literally anything else. Um, but essentially what the primary thing that the media is focusing on with regard to these leaks is is the idea of the hive malware and what the hive malware is is it was a uh, allegedly designed uh, totally innocuously uh to get into people's software and to detect vulnerabilities that hackers could exploit so that it could report back and those exploits could be sealed up. Um, the CIA and other intelligence agencies had agreements with companies, from what I understand from the from the press release that came with the leak. I have the, the documents, uh, tinfoiling time. Um, 
and the leaks included information on this agreement uh, where they would show essentially uh, vulnerabilities that could severely compromise network security and possibly open up vulnerabilities for uh, foreign powers to exploit U.S. government networks and U.S. citizens' networks uh, and compromise the entire grid or uh, just information uh, to the extent where they could infiltrate via collection and uh, and action on SIGINT uh, and, and various other forms of intelligence and also uh, infiltrate people's networks so that they could see specifically uh, what, what those people were saying and how best to manipulate them or just use their accounts as dummy accounts in, uh, in terrorist planning or something, something to those effects. But what it turns out is that the CIA was hoarding information related to these exploits, uh, these Year Zero exploits, which, by the way, you know, at first, I kind of, since I'm an industrial music person, I kind of thought it had something to do with Nine Inch Nails' Year Zero album, which is a great album about dystopia. Please check it out and uh, look into the lore surrounding that album because the advertising campaign and the universe they created for it and the the connections to real-world politics are fucking amazing, and I think everybody should experience them, but... Um, what they were doing is apparently the CIA was hoarding Year Zero exploits. And these exploits that the CIA was hoarding were directly related to these vulnerabilities. And these were exploits that they agreed to share with the companies involved and the individuals' um, data security uh, to increase the individual's data security uh, by sealing those holes up. But they didn't because they intentionally wanted them left open so that they could get in as a backdoor and spy on citizens anyway. Uh, all of this is highly suspect and, like, possibly illegal. Now, uh, there have been a lot of... a lot of... Uh, anarchists and uh, minarchists, limited government people, and a lot of conspiracy people uh, just jumping on the idea that it was flatly illegal. I don't know that because I don't know that there wasn't a terms of service where people involved with these companies, people who use these company services, didn't say, yeah, you know what, I'll give all of my data to the CIA if the, if if uh if i use this software i'll i'll agree to this exploit i'll agree to this use or the company can use this information for whatever they want um you know i release all liability for the any any way this information is used or something like that and if they did that then the citizens would have no expectation of privacy anyway because people just hit i accept and they don't look at what's in the package it's like signing a contract um, you know, pen and paper, 
without reading what's in it uh, or having a lawyer look over it. And, you know, I have a feeling that <laughs> if people looked at all the terms of service that exist, that they would probably find a fuck ton of shit to look at on that score specifically. Um, and get and 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 get really really red pilled on that sort of shit, because, you know, I have no doubt that the terms of service, uh, in general, is a concept designed to get people to agree to things that they might not otherwise agree to. You know, I mean, the Pokemon Go, um, Niantic InQtel DARPA spying application. It rewards people in cartoon animals and uh, and and cartoon trinkets um, to go from place to place in their neighborhood and spy on their neighbors. Um, that one has in it, uh, in its terms of service, uh, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, something that said essentially all data can go directly to the U.S. government and it's their property by default. Um, and it's not surprising since, like, the company, like I said, that runs it is Niantic, and it's directly affiliated with InQtel, which has connections, uh, monetarily to, um, the CIA, uh, the NSA, and DARPAnet. Well, DARPA. DARPAnet. Fucking internet thing. Um, but essentially what this means is that you know, people just hit I accept because they want to get involved in the collection of cartoon animals uh, with their friends. And, you know, just like just like the previous app uh, that still exists, as far as I know, um, that Niantic had running, which is Ingress, um, all gamifying surveillance and uh, networking and travel and essentially um, adding to the control matrix the gridlock that the U.S. government has on all of us because a lot of people just downloaded a game and hit accept uh, without looking at the ramifications. And, you know, if if they looked at the ramifications, to, to be completely honest, uh, it's sort of like those contracts that you would sign with the lawyer you know, uh, people, people don't necessarily understand the legalese that's being used, and that could be used on a fundamental level to manipulate them. You know, like, they might not think twice. Of course they own the data um, that I'm sending them. That's fine. They need to catch criminals, because a lot of people think... You know, even after all of the news that's come out about how fucked up and corrupt the government is, uh, you know, to whatever side you're on of the political, fake political divisive spectrum uh, used to divide and conquer. Um, they, they don't think uh, that the government is a nefarious organization, uh, nefarious enough to use an app like that to control people, or if they do think it, they don't care because they still hit accept. So, you know, I don't know that the CIA 
affiliated organizations with these applications that agreed to share these exploits with these people so that they could seal them up, uh, but instead use them to illegally, well, possibly illegally spy on Americans, didn't do it totally legally just because the Americans involved, cons- quote, consented. I mean, I didn't consent to have to having a spawn point in my yard where a bunch of uh, kids with phones can uh, come at the behest of a government-connected organization uh, and collect something right in front of my house with all their cameras pointed at me at the same time. You know, Doctor Who, I I hear from uh, from from family who watches the show, even made a joke about that where where he like hacks the uh, the network of of Pokemon Go, and like diverts all these people outside the house, uh, or outside the, the 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 business office that they needed to look through, um, by spawning a bunch of rare Pokemon outside. And people thought this was hilarious. It was very clever. But people don't know that that can be done by the U.S. government now. They can use the data that, you know, uh, everybody who says agree um, has on their phone related to the use of this app to geolocate people and get a swarm to a location of basically surveillance drones in no time. And that's, you know, that's pretty terrifying on its own. But, you know, the the point the point I'm making isn't, you know, this isn't this isn't the anti Pokemon Go episode, although I could probably make one of those. I mean, let me know if you'd be interested in that, I guess. Um But the point is that people will laugh at something and say Oh, that's that's very clever, but they won't think. Oh, that's actually being done right now. I'm actually being manipulated because they don't take the second step, and I think that's part of the media programming. They they put up all these dystopic movies and TV shows, and the people who make them might have the best of intentions. Like we're gonna wake people up. They're gonna start looking at the world like like they live, like they're wearing the sunglasses now. Uh, after they're exposed to our movies, they'll see how everything is just a command to consume and obey and sleep and shit like that. Fuck your wife. Um, you know, they'll 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 fall. They'll realize that they've been falling for it and they'll stop. But that's you know, that's not what happens. The media uh, affiliated with the Bilderberg Group knows this. They know that if they pump enough of this stuff out and it seems different enough to how things are in real life, that people will consider it an absurd fantasy and anybody who um who who insists anything close to it is happening in reality well they've just seen too many movies uh and that's that's a big problem you know media manipulation but that's also related to the CIA i mean the mk ultra programs the data the data that they got from those programs has not been lost uh it's been re-implemented and repurposed and generally refined so that they can use the same similar tactics um to manipulate people's minds today they've cracked the human brain and they now have access like whether we like it or not 
And, you know, I'm not insisting that everybody, like, break your phone and, you know, throw your smart TVs out the window, um, even though they're spying on your family right now. Um, What I'm suggesting, you know, is some basic informational awareness and maybe some security. Like, if you have a smart TV um, and you're not using the camera feature, which... You know, I I don't precisely know what the camera feature is for on a normal basis because I don't uh, I don't own a smart TV and I don't really plan to, uh, especially given light of the recent Hive information from uh, Vault Seven. But the idea should be at least when you're not using that camera uh, to put something over it, like have one of those cheap phone cases that they that they sell for like $10 at Walmart now, those shell cases, and just sort of Velcro it to the top of your TV and just drop that in front of it, um, you know, and because and, that's the idea, right? It's watching you, and it can hear you, but it doesn't necessarily have to do both. Like, uh... Unless you're going to throw out your phone, you can't turn off the passive microphone thing that the CIA can turn on, but that the NSA was verified to be able to turn on a long time ago. Like the roving bug situation that came up with iPhones, and then eventually it was revealed Android was doing the same thing. The, uh, the idea that they could do it even if these people weren't isn't something that's, that's new to my suspicions, but it's now confirmed. Um, because of these exploits that the CIA knew about. Uh, I, you know, and I actually think I've seen a few pieces of, of Bilderberg connected media, TV shows, movies, shit like that, where people were actually talking about using these exploits instead of like actively hacking something, uh, because the government knew about them. I think it was featured in a few episodes of some of those generic cookie cutter, like, uh, crime television shows uh, used as a plot device. But it's it's not a plot device here. It's your fucking life. So, you know, I mean, you can't change the channel here. Not without the right drugs. And even then, you're just stupefying yourself so that you can't get connected to the way the government is operating. I mean, you know, I, 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 I try not to bag on the, the psychedelic to enlightenment stuff too much because I've the the most psychedelic thing I've ever experienced was salvia. Um, but what I do try to to uh, to say is that maybe drugging yourself should be something you do when you know that the government isn't going to use it against you because they're abolished or something. Like, focus on the revolution now and then maybe hit the acid or the shrooms. Um, Because right now, it could certainly be used to pacify you. But, you know, the same could probably be said for my caffeine addiction. So I try not to call the the kettle black here. Like, because I'm pretty sure that, that that the industry of caffeine consumption... Is is hardwired to keep people dependent on a on a drug to get them to a level instead of, like, you know, being at some sort of natural level anyway. 
so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diss other people's habits too hard because I have one of my own, and um, I'm not likely to quit. So I wouldn't ask them to quit. Just maybe think about it, because I try not to let my fucking caffeine addiction uh, interfere with my ability to to be an effective researcher or to look at the world around me. But um, I don't want to get too far on that subject. Just you know, stay frosty. Uh, don't let yourself be manipulated just because you wanna you wanna get high. Cause I understand that 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 feeling, um, but you know it's about resisting it even if you do the thing you're gonna do. Um, but back more on subject, they've they've figured out how to manipulate people into not believing any of this is true. Well, now it's confirmed. All this stuff is confirmed. Uh, I'm not exactly sure that, like, there isn't enough information here to indict the CIA. Because I've been pouring over it a bit. They've got, like, USB exploits where, where they can reset a USB uh, and, and uh, a USB uh, port on your computer. The USB, uh, the actual... A bus controller so that they can get access to your USBs, which means that they can plant hidden files on there and everything is compromised, essentially. Um, you know, the, WikiLeaks left a huge amount of stories that weren't in the press release. Um, <laughs> and it's it's great because all of these things were named by people who very clearly were on the very surface level of the internet um, trying to make this this all seem normal in case somebody did find it. They've got like, uh, what was it, like an entire team, an entire, sorry, an entire project called Philosoraptor. They've got another project arm called Nyancat. And all of these, like under under Yarn or something like that. and And all of these things are are designed to look beneficial uh, at the very least to the people working there. And that's why I included the Tech Dirt podcast this morning because it's interesting to hear from people like Barry Eisler uh, who insist that the reason for things like that are hackers um, who instead of thinking about the ramifications of what programs they're creating for the U.S. government are just creating these programs because they're thinking, well, that'd be cool. You know, what if I did this? What if I did that? Well, now we know what happens when you do this and that for the U.S. government. Um, they, they've created a gigantic hidden spy network uh, of, of, of hijacking malware that can use a ton of year zero exploits and a ton of, of, of software where they've, essentially uh, force their way in by emitting data that they promise not to emit, which, to me, that's what the indictment should look like. It should look like uh, all of the institutions, all of the organizations that entrusted the CIA with managing their data, suing the fuck out of the CIA, burning them to the goddamn ground, because... The CIA promised to give them the exploits when they found them, um, and they said that that's, that's the reason we get to test our stuff on your shit, 
You know, it's a mutually beneficial agreement, sign on the dotted line. And unless the CIA had, like, an out somewhere in the paperwork, which, God, I hope they didn't, um, but they probably did because it's the fucking New World Order government, the giant overarching security net that needs to be cut down like the spider web it is before it traps, a, uh, you know, a ton more innocent people. Um... But if they didn't, I, I hope these organizations sue. Because a class action lawsuit against the CIA, at the very least, uh, would cause some sort of economic stability and we could watch the ripple of... Uh, de sorry, economic destabilization and we could watch the ripple effect come out from that. And it would be beautiful. Uh, it, I, I, you know, it'd probably be awful. People would probably die. There would probably be a ton of attacks right around when that uh, when that lawsuit either started, uh, gained traction, or finished that would have some extreme NATSEC importance. And the people involved uh, in, in, in hiding the data would probably uh, claim that this was the reason that they should be able to hide the data because without a shadowy set of terrible people... Uh, how could we ever prevent these attacks? You know, shit like that. That's that's where my brain goes. You know, like if if this if this is successful, if people get some traction on fighting back against this obvious abuse of power, then they'll probably lose anyway. <laughs> you know, it's it's really hard to fucking win against the U.S. government, especially when they don't seem particularly interested in um, in preserving the peace. Uh, <laughs> it was so much simpler when I was a kid. Holy shit. But now, now that it's not simple, I don't ever want to return there. The idea of putting the blinders back on after losing ignorance only occurs to me when I'm, you know, emotionally overwhelmed about a bunch of other shit. I have more energy now than fucking than I've had for months. Because here's the thing. Here's the real shit. There are, quote, hundreds of possible more stories um, that can come out of it. Well, not quote, paraphrase. Uh, that can come out of the Vault 7 leaks. And the Russia hacked the U.S. narrative that was being pushed... Um, it either could have come uh, from people who were against the CIA, you know, either civilian or government, or it could have come from the CIA themselves using CIA's story within a story distractionary tactics. Um, but either way, this particular latest thing cannot be bad news for conspiracy theorists in the sense of data gathering and in the sense of public vindication, we win. At least, you know, in this particular area. Because guess what? Yeah, you know, this could be designed by the elites to... Um, 
to move against the Russian narrative, even though the Russian narrative is what's really there. And it could be a giant cover-up, you know, or an interlaced cover-up where the Russian narrative is true, but so is this, or, you know, a bunch of other shit. Um, but the fact that these documents exist, the fact that so many people have access to these documents because of prominent and extremely prestigious leak organization decided to share these files with countless possible journalists. It means that there is no way there isn't a conspiracy here. There is no way somebody could be wrong if they said there was a conspiracy. None. The only thing that could happen uh, is revelations either from the person who leaked this information in the first place or revelations from journalists who find information in it that the story goes deeper. The point I'm trying to make is that to anyone who told conspiracy theorists that they were watching too many movies or that it didn't go nearly as deep as they thought it did, y'all were wrong. This is one leak. It's close to, but still less than one gigabyte of data. And the U.S. government has probably, you know, terabytes of data on how much they fucked us over. Let alone all global governments. I mean, the data in here has ties to organizations overseas. I looked into some of them. Maybe I'll delve into the files a little bit more in next week's episode. But it's insane to believe that this is it. It's insane to believe that it doesn't go deeper or that it's more shallow than people who are saying this is possibly bigger than Snowden are willing to admit. It's fucking insane. It's deliberate willful ignorance of the desires and the possible implementations of the global powers that have aligned against the human spirit and liberty. And I understand that not everybody wants to be a crazy tinfoiler. Most people don't, and that's good. But it can also be terrible. Because, yeah, you shouldn't be constantly thinking on the line of what the government wants you to. Not everybody needs to do that. And I would never ask the entire world, even though, you know, someday I may, so, you know, maybe never isn't a good term. I doubt I'll ever ask the entire world to be as crazy and fucking neurotic as I am 
to think about this stuff constantly and to be excited when there's a leak because I can get more data on my computer that's going to put me on yet more uh, potential uh, watch lists, get me hops away from people. It's not the life I wanted when I was young, and it's not the life I would suggest for any child who wants a semblance of peace, you know? It's... Nobody should have to concern themselves with this stuff because it shouldn't exist to begin with. We should be free of government tyranny and no longer have to worry about what these people are doing to us. But, you know, that's not how it is. And I get that most people won't look into it as far as people like me do. You shouldn't have to. And I wouldn't ask you to. But listen to those of us who do. Ask questions. If you're concerned about something possibly being insecure or being connected to some nefarious idea, talk to your local conspiracy whack job because he may have more information on it than you could possibly swallow. But if you at least look at the surface of what he's saying and understand that things are more corrupt than the powers that be, the pacifiers, the liars-in-chief would have you understand, then you will at least be close enough to the truth to not be manipulated as easily by the people who trade in lies. The future belongs to those of us who are willing to seize it, and most people would much rather watch the latest reality show, whether it be on a reality network like E! or a reality network like C-SPAN, then they would embrace the truth of things and really understand that things are not only not what they seem, but what they are is much worse. Because if they can keep you away from looking at how terrible things are, you'll never, you'll never think to look to alternative sources to those who fucked it up to fix it. You'll just ask them to do a better job next time, and they won't because they have a paycheck coming that relies on them not fucking giving a shit. It's a matter of understanding that at least a small amount of participation in the process of freeing your mind and keeping it free is on you. Because there are a ton of people, like the extremely great people at WikiLeaks, who will work tirelessly to make sure that the information is out there. But if the majority of people only see it as a soundbite, uh, or a, a headline, or the latest thing that they put their coffee ring on in Starbucks... Um, then we are hopelessly fucked. As a species, we've been raised on complacency. We've been raised on see something, say something. Don't stop bullying and abuse. Talk to an adult. And it's sick, but it's the truth. And the only way to deal with this problem is to rise up and seize the power to control our own lives and destinies in our hands for the first time in goddamn history. And it's up to us. We have the power, we have the capability, and we have the rage.
The only question is whether you're willing to stand up and look at it. And I, for one, would ask as many people as are willing to open their eyes and then open their mouths in defiance and say, no, I'm not going to take this anymore. This has been Moment of Rage, and the final song you'll hear is Goddamn America by Matt Mario on SoundCloud. See you all next Wednesday on JREV Radio and IPM Nation. This has been Jeremiah Harding, and I'm signing out. The number of civilians killed in the attacks keeps rising, and hundreds of people have died since 2004. And as Washington expands as drone strikes in Pakistan, Hellfire missile dropped from a remote-controlled plane, killing people. I have two words for you: predator drones. <laughs> you will never see it coming. 2001 false flag operation mass media effectively coerced cooperation for new overseas wars of invasion with new puppet governments to legitimize occupation sensationalism spreads like a disease more fascist itches the bitches got fleas, old friends and enemies, check the Afghani scene, former CIA funded Mahajadeen. An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth, but in their prison of our weak minds, their lies are the truth. Hail camp and tomahawks, a coup or a nuke, their military complexes are democracy's nuke. And for our brave female soldier, there's no escape, but the hand of the commanding officer's brutal rapes. Time to up the stakes, burn all the red tape, goddamn America for for America's sake Stuck down in the fire The people grow a tire The plants are rising higher Yeah, we started the fire Stuck down in the fire The people grow a tire The plants are rising higher And yeah, we started the fire Look, open your mind Hey, don't be a dummy no conspiracies, just twisted trails, lit it with money. Question why they marginalize those who act. How steel reinforced concrete buildings collapse. Whether you black, Latino, Asian, or white, you ain't need a law degree to know wrong from right. When the Ponzi scheme came, the public got stiffed. And banks are still making money hand over fist. So catch my drift and get my gist. I just stay high in ignorant bliss. Ain't matter if you innocent, just hope they miss. Cause cops don't pop off, they empty they full clips. One up a stiff, you won't even see a court. Another de facto case, closed report. Murdering cops are walking, it's self-evident. Cause they DA cronies, eliminating the evidence.